only a few days away, so who better to have on the pod to break it all down? Johnny Williams, uh, Johnny of Squash TV. That's right. Uh, that's what we've got cooking today on episode 268. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. We're going to break it all down, and also we'll take a look at the European teams, which uh, just wound up uh, yesterday in Helsinki uh, with uh, his boys from Switzerland losing out in the semi, uh, but not before Dimitri Steinman injected a bit of intrigue there with a win over uh, Patrick Rooney to breathe new life into their opportunity to take down England, but not to uh, that wasn't going to happen. In fact, England went on to, to win it all, but today we're going to talk a little bit about that, but more about the World Open, which is coming up in a few days' time in Chicago, uh, and we'll be breaking all of that down with Johnny Williams, uh, as well as uh, we'll be talking about Johnny's uh, new podcast as well. Uh, so we have that to look forward to today on episode 268. Before we do, though, Open Squash is our sponsor, and Open Squash is a squash nonprofit whose mission is to open access to squash to the general public. Uh, That's how they got their name, Open Squash. It's the expression of their mission statement. Their designation as a nonprofit means just that. They don't make a profit. 100% of the money they generate is put back into making squash more accessible. This happens primarily through their Junior Scholarship Fund and their Membership Support Fund. You should really check out their swag page where they have a great selection of tees and hoodies. The Rally On Tea, the Squash Shoe of Liberty Tea, the Wordmark Tea, and the Open Squash Zip Hoodie. Check this out on the website www.opensquash.org where all proceeds go towards the Junior Scholarship Fund. Now, Johnny Williams, episode 269, breaking it all down with the World Open coming up. But, uh, Johnny, fantastic to have you back on. I think uh, last time you were on, it might have been uh, pre-Tournament of Champions, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, end of last year. End of last year. We talked about yeah. I think that went really yeah. well. Uh, but uh, uh, before we get into the world, because uh, that's basically why you're on today, uh, thanks for doing it, for, uh, to break down the world champs starting in a few days in Chicago. But uh, before we get into that, uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit uh uh, the European team championships finished last night and the the men's final. I mean, oh my goodness, it couldn't have been more dramatic uh, there. I just cannot believe uh, that match between Quinn and uh, Mohammed. I felt for Victor because uh, when he was up 7-2 in both of those games, I mean, you could just, I don't know, it wasn't a letdown, but something he changed, something changed in his game, the way he was playing. But not only that, I mean, I was I was saying to a friend of mine uh, that he asked me who I thought was going to win the fifth, and I I said Mohammed. He said uh, Victor, and I I just thought there's no way Mohammed's going to lose playing for England for the first time on that stage. Yeah, it's the um, this this factor, the X factor of of Mohammed. You know, the being being there, done that. You know, he's he's you know he's he's the emblem of that. I mean, he epitomizes everything of, of what it means to to be so dogged and, and hanging in in those very tight situations under enormous pressure, carrying the weight of, you know, the whole team and and having, you know, f- he's also playing first time for England. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, and that that can weigh on anybody, even if you're Mohamed El-Shabagi, it's still, it's a change that, it, you know, that he was he was, he was was uh, experiencing first time. So his, his ability to dig deep into the basement, into that reservoir uh, and pull himself off the deck once more was, was absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's, you know, 
he's going to go down as, as one of the greatest players of all time, but he's also, without doubt, one of the greatest fighters of all time. His ability to find ways through, uh, it's, it's like he's in a traffic jam and, and there is absolutely no way he can get out of it, but Muhammad will find it. He will find a way just inch by inch, thinking of the, of the Al Pacino speech. He just reminds me of that. He just, he'll hang on with his fingernails, he'll claw himself back in, and then suddenly he's, you know, he's, he's on that T-line and he's striking severe winners. And, 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 and then the, you know, the, whole, the whole show that comes with it, with him, with, his, with the testosterone coming out and the, and the fist. And, but in a good way, in a very, very last night, really controlled way. You know? Across that way that much. Like he, I mean, he seemed to, be, seemed to have that part of it. It was, was, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't as palpable as it, as it normally was. But, but I, I totally agree. Like he, you know, first time playing for England, uh, he definitely did not want to, did not want to lose that, that match. Uh, but you felt for, you would, you could say the same for Victor. Uh, probably would have felt the same thing. Yeah, I've only seen the fifth game to be honest, so I haven't haven't had a chance to look at the whole thing. I I, I was buried watching uh, Switzerland take out take that bronze medal mm. uh, the whole morning. So then I was on daddy duties in the afternoon, so I didn't yeah, get yeah. to see the final actually. But um, uh, yeah, I mean the you could see that that Muhammad had really exhausted all all energy systems. I mean that were he was absolutely flat as a tack at the end he of that was match. Yeah, exactly. And if you're looking at it, sort of. At the week ahead and what we're going to get into, no doubt, with the World Championships coming up next week, I'm very, very impressed by Kruan and the reserves that he has. His ability to keep coming on, on the last day of a European Championship, there's, there seems to be some physical improvements coming there. You know, we talk, there's been, the one thing that's been highlighted perhaps about Kruan where he, you know, he needs to get a little bit better and a little bit stronger is that explosiveness. He needs to be a bit more explosive, a bit quicker against the very best. And if you look at the, you know, the match against Asal at Canary Wharf, where Asal really was, you know, obviously going after him and wanted his blood and all that, uh, Asal's pace and explosiveness completely just, you know, bowled him off the court. He had no chance whatsoever. But I'm just, I just felt there was some, there's some improvements in that department. You know that Kruan, I mean, he lives a monk-like lifestyle. I mean, he's so disciplined in his approach with with his dad as his coach. And I think that there's some evidence there that he's starting to, yeah, he's starting to get a bit quicker. The movement's a little bit more explosive and that's, yeah, that's good news for him and, and bad news for the guys at the top of the game because he's not, he's not going anywhere. He's going to keep coming, you know? Yeah. I was really impressed with the squash uh, yesterday. And I think maybe, I don't, maybe it's a bit harsh, but I think maybe the occasion got to him. Once, once Mohammed sort of started creeping back in, uh, it seemed like, his game changed a bit. Mohammed's did too, but it just seemed like his game changed a little bit where he was he was a lot tighter, a lot more precise when he got to the lead. And then he sort of had that de- uh, ice, the ice hand or the, the, the cold hand there with, with the short game uh, towards the end of uh, the fourth and the fifth. Yeah, look, he, uh, it's a different feeling. I know having played you know many team events as well over the years, it is obviously clearly a different thing. You are, you are, you, you can't block out the fact that you've got five or six people along with the entourage. You know, you've got the coach and, and, and all that there as well. And, and uh, it's a different kind of pressure. So Kruan is also not used to, this is the first time he's, you know, he's been playing on number one. He was number two last year or even number three, I think. So this is the first time he is the leading man now for France. And he, you know, foreseeably will be that guy for a long yeah. time to come, you know, the, the way he's playing, I think that he's just going to keep getting better, you know, uh, Slowly, but but it's going to be an incremental 
improvement from him as time goes on. So he now carries the flag for France and he had to do that first time yesterday. And I think, yeah, that's why the racket went into the wall uh, very forcefully at the end of the match because, you know, which is a good sign, I think. It shows that he knew that he let a big chance slip to beat Mohamed El Shabagi on a big stage yesterday. And and, uh, like you said, he just, just a little bit of tension crept in, a little bit negativity and, He'll learn from that, though. He'll, he'll get better. You know? Yeah. And I, I was also really impressed uh, and surprised uh, at how Adrian Waller uh, stepped up there against Baptiste. Baptiste uh, Masadi's been playing some tremendous squash. He's like one of the one of the guys a lot of people are you know talking about as well, moving and maybe moving into the top 10. And But Adrian, uh, you know, all he had to do was win two games, and, and he did it. Yeah, again, like, I haven't haven't seen. I've I've just heard from uh, a few people that I know that watched it, and uh, they mm-hmm. said that you know there was a bit of a freeze over on Masotti uh, once he got to two one up, because the situation apparently was that Waller had to get eight points. So yeah. it'd be interesting to know whether or not Masotti was sort of fed that information or not. Masotti, um, sort of being a very expressive, emotional player, uh, it's yeah, it would be interesting to to sort of find that out. Like, to did he? Did he, was he aware of the situation exactly? Uh, what uh, I that saw, made things change a little bit. It just seemed like uh, to me. It seemed like he was shot out of the cannon from the very beginning, and it, that that didn't work well because uh, he was going. He was just all over the place. He was going for shots overhead, uh, uh, you know, overhead uh, cross court winners that were you know bouncing back to the tee, and and uh, you know he it just seemed like he had his emo- his emotions got the better of him right from the beginning. So. I think perhaps, I mean, he's an excitable, he's a high octane type of uh, guy, right? But I would have thought that maybe the team might have tried to temper that a little bit and just, you know, get him to play good squash and win. I I, I would have, I thought there was a chance he could win that three love given, given, you know, how well he's been playing lately. Yeah, he had a. I watched him play Declan James um, when he had to get a game. And back then, you know, Mazzotti was ranked, you know, he's a young guy. He, this is back in 2018 in Poland. And that was on the glass court, went on last, had to get a game. And uh, he was super solid. He was not sort of firing them in like you were just describing there. He was much more baseline, super solid type, looking for those those kill shots when they were there. But it was, it was structured attack. So, um, but yeah, he's individually his his game has certainly been on a better course. When you look at the fact that you know he had two wins against Marwan, he beat Joel Macon as well. He's had some really good results in March. So uh, I don't think that um, yeah, let's say that. Of course, emotionally he does wear his heart on his sleeve. Mm. He's a Frenchman uh, through and through, yeah, yeah. so that will yeah, Go no doubt will, will sting him. I can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah, his yeah. movements and, and things. Yeah, yeah, that'll sting him, but. Um, uh, his game is is in a better spot at the moment, and uh, yeah. I'm sure you know. I, when we get into the worlds, I mean, he's 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 lined up to meet Diego Elias possibly in the second round. So, yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a tough a tough second round for for Elias as well. Definitely, uh, yeah. He uh, but Adrian Waller, uh, he always impresses me when I when I watch him play. Sometimes he gets into it with the officials a bit too much. You you would think that. You know, you look at gentle. You think he's a gentle giant, but he actually gets quite chirpy. He didn't really uh, say much last night. There were a few calls I thought that went against him, but he just sort of put his head down. And he he's got really good hands. Like he he's he moves the ball around the court really well. Nice touch uh, you know, for a big guy. Um, you know, he kept uh, Baptiste off balance a lot just with his with his hold and his uh, ability to to uh, keep the ball nice and tight. And in, in his hitting his targets there. 
Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, Jerry. Like the fact that he just kept his cool. That's it for me. Like when when he is is staying on track with his uh, focusing on the on the on the process of what he has to do in a situation like that. He's 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 a you know he's a class act, and uh, I'm really I mean I'm happy for him that um, that he was able to produce that kind of performance. Uh, you know, because he's he's getting to the that latter end of his career. He's, yeah, he's yeah. 33 years of age now, but I would also sort of. You know, I'll put a bit of a spin on it. That, I mean, David Campion is doing an unbelievable job. He's a fantastic coach. He is exhausting all the possibilities that he can. I know that the England squash is, is, is you know, doing a lot of work with data and stuff like that. And throw in the mix, you've got Muhammad who performs like that, I think, because I know from Campion, having spoken to him in Cairo, that Muhammad has been incredibly uh, generous and, and with his time and, and investing a lot also not – just into the fact of him wearing the, the England shirt and trying to produce that off-court behind the scenes. Muhammad's been talking to the players a lot. So I'm sure that Muhammad also would have had a few quiet words in, in Adrian's ear about, you know, this is how you're going to have to handle it. This is how you've got to go about it. And that, you know, that's priceless for England, having Muhammad not only as the player, but yeah. as the experienced, uh, uh, unbelievable, you know, world number one, the prom- you know, the prominent player of the last 10 years. Having him in your corner, I mean, you can't put a price on that. that that's that's unbelievable for them as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mohammed laid the groundwork there against Victor, and he too, he you know, he doesn't really get that chirpy. He can't. He can go off. Uh, he can go off the rails sometimes, and, but he didn't uh, didn't say anything, and he just put his head down and uh, just played inspiring squash, which is, uh, I think, that's how it uh, translated uh, in onto uh, Adrian's match. So. Yeah, from what, I, like, from what I know from camps, it's almost like having a second coach, having Mahmoud yeah. there. You know, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's they're in a good spot, England uh, now with with those young guys. You know, uh, Charlie Lee has, has had some good results recently. Nick Wall's a very good player, and then you throw yeah Muhammad in into the mix. Obviously, being you know, we we hope as squash fans, we want to see Muhammad play another three or four or five years. You know, and it's just fantastic for the game. When you look at what he was doing in black ball, I mean, the squash was off the charts. The the pace that he was playing at it was blistering. So if he can stay in there for the next few years, the, and, I, and I said this to you at the end of last year, Jerry, and I, and I hold to that. I said the men's game is entering an era where we could be, you know, into something that resembles that golden sort of generation where the squash is, is really reaching a kind of crescendo, which it's been building to for some years now, because yeah. those guys that have been there for a, a while, being Cole, uh, who's, you know, he's, he's 30 years of age now as well, uh, Ali Farag's, you know, hit thirty as well. Uh, Gawad coming back into the into it now. This the men's game is is as strong as I've seen it for probably ten years. You know, yeah, it's super exciting uh, stuff. Let's get into that in a second. Just before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, ask you about your boys. Uh, and I and I mentioned to you yesterday how impressed uh, I was with Dimitri to come on and uh, sort of give you guys a chance there against England. It, it might it looked like you know, at least he he gave you a chance to. Pull an upset. Uh, I think he, he won his match three love against Patrick uh, Rooney, right? Yeah, no, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, from uh, the Jet, he's had a good week, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's beaten Marsh. Yeah. Uh, he, he also beat Rory Stewart. Then he uh, he takes out Patrick Rooney just to be a bit of an annoyance factor for England where they actually have to, you know, yeah. they probably, that, 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 that extended that, that rubber or that tie out between England and, and Switzerland a little bit longer. So, it's it's very it's nice to see that sort of stubborn resistance coming from from Switzerland, you know, who who've never been in this position before, where they reached the semi-finals. Mm. Uh, and from what I know, there was 
I, I haven't I haven't checked it thoroughly, but I I've heard something where if Nicky Miller had have beaten Ica Pakaras three love, he was two love up and up in the third. There's an outside chance that they may have finished top of the group as well because they drew with France. Right, right, okay. Yeah, so that's but that was obviously an after the fact thing. Nicky wouldn't have known that at the time. It was more that's how it sort of after look after the results yeah. all finished. There was uh, there was an outside chance they would have finished top of the group to play Wales in the semis to go to the final. So yeah, um, yeah. It, no, look, it, incredible week for for Switzerland. I just I had a quick look at it. I mean, if you listen to this, if you go back through the years, Jerry, this is unbelievable. Like they, Division Two, 2012, they go up. In 2013, they go down. 2014, they go up. 2015, they go down. 16 up, 17 down. It's just up down the whole way yeah. throughout that. You know, from 2012 all the way through to 2022. So in, last year because um, uh, I've been a part of that that uh, delegation since 2002. This was the first year I didn't go with them for, for reasons that, that were work-related here with my job, uh, with my coaching job, because I'm shifting jobs uh, right now this week. But um, this was the first year where they were moved to the top division. Not only did they stay up, but they finished third. So uh, yeah. one one would... Yeah, one would say they're pretty pretty much here to stay now. It's not not about just holding Division One. I. I think that well, you've got some young guys there, don't you? Uh, I mean, you've got yeah. three. Uh, you've got. I mean, Nicky's sort of uh, leading the way in terms. You know, he he's the general amongst the players, and then you've yes. got a bunch of uh, younger guys coming through. Yeah, the Swiss Guard, we'll call him, like at the Vatican, perhaps uh, Nicky. But uh, yeah, no, David Burnett is a guy that that I mentioned last time on the podcast because we were talking whilst he was playing in the. Uh, Mm-hmm. in the um, Swiss Junior Open, actually, at that time. But he's doing really well. Uh, he's he's on a good path. And the two guys on three and four, Yannick Wilhelmi, who's ranked 102 in the world, and Robin Godola, who's who's uh, a bit of a more of an elder statesman. He's 20, he will be 29 uh, this year. Uh, he's been around for a while, and he he's a very, very solid 100 in the world player. So he did his job this week. And that was the difference. That's why they were able to perform like they did because when the top two boys weren't able to get the wins, Godola was getting wins on, on number four. And if you look at the match against Wales, Wilhelmi won that match three love to secure the victory to get the yeah. bronze medal. So that's the difference now for Switzerland. They do have guys of that you know 100 level where David Burnett is also heading to. Um, so they're, they're, they, they, they bat a lot deeper, you know, and, uh, and that's going to hold them in good stead in years to come. And... Uh, it's a, the best time for a plug. The European Team Championships is in Switzerland, in Zurich next year. There we go. Yeah, let, <laughs> yeah. Let's do that, that'll motivate the guys to work. It will. Better. It will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to go one step further, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Take it. Take it all the way. Um, yeah. Now the World Champs are coming up in a few days, and uh, let's get into this, uh, Johnny. Uh, it, yeah. You just mentioned, uh, you know, both sides, uh, the men's and women's, have a lot of intrigue. But uh, the men's, uh, I mean, I, I was talking to a buddy uh, just yesterday. Five, six guys, legitimate contenders to win that, to win the World Open. I mean, uh, at least five. You've got, uh, obviously, Ali looking for three in a row. You've got Paul Cole, uh, um, uh, Diego, world number one, Mustafa, Saul. Uh, you, you've got Tarek Moman. You've got, guy, I mean, who, who, any one of them, several others. Gawad's, uh, I mean, who knows who who's going to win it? I, I have a couple of uh, thoughts we'll get into later, but let's break it down first. So, um, what are your thoughts on on who the the contenders are to begin with? Yeah, you've um, you've 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 sort of spat all those names out already, but you probably I'd probably bracket the top 
five, you know, certainly top four contenders are Asal, Farag, Cole and Elias for me, just mm-hmm. given on their consistency, the level that they keep producing uh, month in, month out over a long period of time. You you know, you'd certainly be backing those guys. And uh, and Muhammad is the, is, is the other one as well. He, he sort of rounds up that five. Muhammad, because uh, as you've seen once again yesterday, if you bet against Muhammad, you just... It's it's you know you 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 likely to have egg on your face every time because yeah. every time you think he's gone he just digs deeper finds another gear finds something else uh, to to produce the question regarding Muhammad for me is looking at to be honest looking at how flat he was yesterday at the end of that yeah. match and you sort of asked it to me uh, in some of the some of the stuff you sent to me in the lead up to this. Is the engine, you know, has it gone a bit too far? Has it been revved up a bit too much at these European team championships? Because he's had to play, you know, you, on one side you say it's great match preparation, it's great intensity preparation for the world. But when I look at Muhammad at 32, history would sort of tell us that that is going to be tough for him, you know, to, to see it then turn. He's got to fly over to Chicago. He's got to quickly get prepared. And he starts, uh, well, the tournament starts on the third. So, Thankfully, you know, there's those few days there. He plays his first match on the fourth against Tim- Timothy Brownell. So he's got enough time over the next four days to, to, to yeah. sort of, you know, get his rehabilitation and get the recovery in uh, and get the uh, all cylinders firing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah that, that seems like it might guys, be enough yeah, time. Other, yeah, uh, the other guys go in fresh. That's all I'll say. They're going like they're absolutely primed, you know, so um, yeah. they've been able to tune do all the fine-tuning, just heading to that event starting on Thursday, Friday. So I'd sort of, you know, again, at the risk of having egg on my own face, I'll, I'll sort of slightly give the other four that favoritism edge going into it. Right. Uh, Asal, I think, is seeded one, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in this yes. event. But the, on his side of the draw, I mean, it's stacked. That side of the draw is stacked. I mean, you've got, uh, uh, you got a Farag, Ali Farag, if I'm not mistaken, play uh, seated uh, uh, to play Paul Cole in the quarters. Yep, yep, exactly. I've sort of penciled that one in. Yeah. Now, Asal, the, the very interesting matchup, of course, is also Asal Macon, possibly in the 16s, because uh, Joel yeah. obviously had that big win over him at Canary Wharf. Um, yeah. Not the not the, the prettiest of matches uh, to watch, perhaps, but Joel has shown that he has the wherewithals to uh, even you know when push comes to shove, he, he he can he can he can mix it with with anybody, you know. So yeah. he's uh, he's certainly uh, he's going to provide stiff opposition there. Um, and yeah, given that we Asal's gone off the radar for six weeks in terms of not having uh, not having been able to see, you know, what is he what what is he doing? Didn't play the British Open due to the suspension. But I can't, you know, I yeah, sort well, of thought about it and thought. Let's camp there for just a second. I was going to ask you about Asal later, but let, let's camp there because it's it, they're on the same side of the draw. So yeah, just what what are you expecting from from Mustafa? I mean, personally. I think he's going to come out. He's going to be playing some really good squash. And I think just judging from his social media, which has been relatively quiet, the stuff that you see on there is like him, like he wants this. I think he really, really wants to perform well. And and we're we're going to see some fireworks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we will. I think we will. I think you. I think yeah. I agree with you. I think that he is not. Uh, what you saw at Blackball, where where it was a rather subdued assault, where where he he didn't seem to be at the races against Suzuki, and uh, and and he went he went out uh, in straight sets and uh, didn't didn't look the goods at all. Um, uh, I think that yeah, that period where he 
obviously, you know, behind the scenes, no doubt, all this sort of stuff about the suspension was going on. And now, you know, with 2020 vision, we know that. So that seemed to affect him definitely mentally. I think that uh, he will have had his head down. I think that he will have been training very, very hard. And I think that he's going to be, yeah, he'll be primed and ready for this, no doubt. Yeah, 100%. Now, he, uh, we've got, um, you know, the, uh, obviously the Assault making uh, quarterfinal. Uh, you mentioned that. Uh, and I, I agree with you. Uh, Macon's not going to throw in the towel against anybody. And he's uh, Assault's going to have to work for it. But uh, just to me, um, you know, I love Joel. And, and I think he's got a great, you know, he, he's really improved a lot, actually, the, this past year. Uh, he's not just fetching balls. He's hunting balls. It just seems like that win he had over Diego was so impressive. Uh, you know, I heard people saying, you know, Diego was hung over or something. I, I have no idea how true <laughs> that was, but uh, regardless, I mean, he, he, he was hunting balls and, and putting Diego under so much pressure. He's such a rhythm player, right? Diego. And he, he couldn't get into any rhythm against, uh, against Joel. Uh Regardless, uh, I think Assault's just going to have way, uh, maybe way too much for him. Yeah, it's. I think that obviously Assault's going to. He's he's the type of player who will be seething about the loss, no doubt. Um, mm. And looking at his his track record over the over those these last few years, one thing you know about Assault is the fighter qualities are, are immense. So there's no doubt he's got. You know, he's probably got a photo of Joel in his bedroom that, that he's been throwing darts at or something like that for the last you know <laughs> couple of months. So yeah. I think that, but Joel, that won't worry Joel. Uh, Joel is 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 very well organised. I, I don't. I'm not sure if you if you if you caught if you knew, but Joel mentioned that that he and I had been sort of I've been doing a bit of a you know I would say working as a consultant sort of coaching role with I him. Knew that, yeah, yeah. The past uh, few months, so I've been I've been trying to uh, put my my hand in the ring there and help him out a little bit. So he was Whatever out. Whatever you've uh, been doing, uh, Johnny. I mean, as I mentioned just now, he, uh, I I think he's playing some really really good squash. What he did with Diego and and post Diego, those matches, it's different. Um, yeah, he, he's trying to be obviously very aggressive around around the midcourt area. He's got incredible, you know, he's incredibly mobile, um, and 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 he's got an number. He's an unbelievably powerful unit. So he wants to play a brand of squash which is going to promote that that style for him. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's it's a uh, it, it, there's a there's a thin red line there in terms of of, of, of how how let's say how intense, you know, he can go about his business. So he's, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to find that line and, and measure it all the time. But, but we saw some, yeah, we saw some really good stuff from him um, at, at uh, Blackball and at Canary Wharf. So uh, mm. obviously, yeah, I'll be hoping that uh, he, he can, you know, if I put my sort of that, that hat on, that, I, that, that we see more of that from him. And uh, I'd love to see just a, yeah, an all out um, incredible squash affair between Joel and, yeah. and, uh, and Asal. Um, without you obviously, we'll without get more of the yeah. same. You, you, do you think? Uh, <laughs> it'll, well, yeah. yeah. First of all, they, they both got to get there. I want to say that yeah. because you yeah. know I don't want to disrespect the other players in, in that in that section. You know, they got to get there. But um, I think there's, yeah, I think there's more room for for a more sort of squash uh, weighted uh, game uh, battle between those two rather than than, than let's say uh, a lot of stuff going on. But um, yeah, we we just have to see how it unfolds. First, they got to they got to meet up, and then. There'll yeah. be certainly, yeah. There'll be certainly a lot of tension around before yeah. a possible meeting between those two. No doubt about that. You know, yeah, and absolutely. then just below, I mean, Kruan against Hesham. I mean, let's not forget Muslim Hesham. I mean, I, I would like to change his name to uh, Amazing Hesham or Amazing because he's just uh, yeah. uh, the magician, the, the magic that he produces uh, uh, with with the holds and and that very quirky swing and and it's it's literally unreadable at times. So if his head's screwed on in the right way, 
Matt Mazin can be a danger to anybody. So that'll be a, certainly an interesting battle there, Kruan and, uh, and yeah, Mazin in the, in the last 16 as well. Um, and then, yeah, Cole Farag, as you said, in the top half, that sort of rounds up the top half for me. That's, that's, that's a big one. Cole definitely mm-hmm. has the wood on Farag in the head-to-heads for, you know, quite since 2021, Cole has won five of his six wins against uh, against Ali Farah. So mm-hmm. they're very pretty, you know, I think it's pretty, it's almost like watching, you know, the way that Cole lobs up and pushes Farag deep on the right-hand side to his forehand, and he's very disciplined about it. It reminds me a little bit of watching Rafael Nadal do heavy top spins to Roger Federer's backhand. So yeah. it's like a it's like a massive shutdown of, of what Farag wants to do across the uh, across that short line. You know, they, I call it the Farag front court press. Like he's just he's absolutely mastered those that that high tee position, taking the volleys, um, attacking. Uh, you know, very very prolifically with the, with the volley drops and then threading the bows in as well. The thing that Cole has uh, that that most players don't have is an incredible ability to retrieve that when Farag does it of a high quality. He not only retrieves it, he throws it up and sucks all the energy out of out of that uh, out of that section of play. So he's one of those few players that can do that and just sort of put stoppers in what Farag wants to do. So um, yeah, if you let if if we head, if heading towards that quarter final, I'm actually leaning towards Cole to be honest to to mm-hmm. to get through that. Yeah, I think uh, what you said there, like he's able to, you know, he lifts the ball, gets it to the back and takes, you know, Ali likes to play forward a lot and likes to sort of cut things off. He's very good at reading his opponents and and, uh, that's what he's been able to do a lot lately. But as you said, uh, not against against Paul Cole in the last few times uh, that they've played. Yes, exactly. I mean, Farag was absolutely phenomenal the way he was able to get in front of Elias and and the the, the amount of volleying that he was doing. I mean, most players simply just can't read Diego's backcourt game because the backcourt game from Diego has such, you know, the the wrist work is is absolutely brilliant. So when he switches, it's it's, it's very late and it's very hard to see. But Farag, obviously one of the, you know, the best readers of the, and anticipators in terms of the way he's able to hover across that team line, he does that so well against uh, Diego and he, and he was able to do it in, in, in the British Open final. But against Cole, it's just a totally different game because Cole's discipline level is is so high that he's willing to just keep it straight for longer until he's able to get his chance where he can even knock you know a few volley drops or drops in when when the opportunity is there. But Cole is literally you know he's prepared to to sort of play that length game, absorb, play that length game, and absorb for 20, 25 minutes until he's ready and see, sort of sees that okay, Farag's sort of wilting a bit here. Now it's time to press up and start promoting the front half of the court. Um, and and he's got he's got a, he's got an ability and a game style which uh, is quite tough I think for Farag to deal with you know yeah well if anyone's going to uh, figure that out it's Ali so we'll we'll see uh, yes yeah we'll see how it goes but definitely be very entertaining uh, uh, get your popcorn out for the quarterfinals um, now just in terms of uh, we haven't even really talked about him world number one Diego Elias yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think he's ready? Is he ready for, for the big time? Uh, has he matured? Because, uh, I mean, we did see, uh, I mean, I don't have anything. Uh... I've, you can, I've marked him all the way through to the semifinals, mate. Like uh, just yeah, yeah. almost straight through. Yeah. No, I'm confident that, that Elias is, uh, <laughs> I think that. The, the I've got to get this is... up on YouTube. Like you said. Uh, uh, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that Elias will, uh, the fact that he that he lost the British Open final heading to this, I think, is a good thing because uh, he's been such a big time performer throughout his junior career. He's used to having to have dealt with 
all of these top Egyptian players. He had to play them all the way through in British in British junior opens in in, in world junior opens. So he's he was so well prepared for this environment in in the men's game before he even got there. And right. he was always doing it alone. You know, it was him and his dad. And then obviously the, the influence of power has been immense. And now while El Hindi, not forgetting Greg as well, Greg's had a hand in that as well. So he's just had a really good team of people uh, from different angles in different ways, which have, have shaped him to be the, the, the player that he is today. And he's, you know, he's coming into a, into an era where he's really, you know, perhaps at the beginning of his peak, which hopefully will last for, for some years now. So I think that Diego... I don't see anybody, to be honest, uh, in the bottom half that's going to stop him from getting to the final. I think that he's going to get. He's going to go to the final. Uh, I'm pretty confident yeah, about that. The way he's playing right now, uh, I mean, for me, he he's he's my aside from Gawad, whom whom I love watching play. Uh, Diego, yeah. the guy that I always go to when when I want to see some tremendous, silky smooth uh, squash. I mean, he he's just uh, uh, money in the bank. But but just in terms of has he matured enough? I think uh, he the proof is in the pudding. He's at number one right now uh, for a reason. Uh, he's he's matured and he's playing a tremendous squash and he's fit. That, that's the key. Right? Yes, he's, yes. He's, he's, he seems to be able to, you know, push it further. And, and when you're out fitnessing, uh, you know, uh, Paul Cole, then that that tells you something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the eighty-five minute three-one win over Cole at TOC was was uh, was. A statement in itself. The first two rallies went six minutes. You know what I mean. So yeah. he's, he's he's I think he's the only player that that would sort of step on with someone like Cole and and sort of say let's let's go six minutes. Let's have a couple of rallies and let's see where we're both at and and feeling confident that here we are to sort of you know take it from there. And, and it did take eighty five minutes. So it was it was a very very lengthy affair. But he looked physically in good order at the end of that match and then rolled in the next day and took out Marwan in in a sublime performance. So physically. Yeah, you can be very confident that Diego um, is is going to be in good shape. You know, he has been known, obviously, and you mentioned something about you know a few social media posts with him in the private jet and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. He's been known to celebrate, you know, milestones throughout his <laughs> career. No yeah. doubt there was some celebration, but I feel that um, he's matured enough now that the, the celebrations they would have been yeah for a couple of days. He would have had his good time. He would have had uh, a bit a bit of a party. But I'm sure that he's been back in business uh, very quickly, getting himself absolutely focused on on winning this world title, you know, coming up. So, but you mentioned Goa. Goa, uh, this you know, Goa's sort of Goa's got a very very tough first round against Yusuf Solomon. That's the toughest well, that, first round that's what uh, I was of get all. To next, uh, yeah. intriguing first round matches, and uh, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. I mean, that's brutal um, because well, he's, he's sort of fancy. If, yes, if Goa if Goa can get through there, he's he's still. Uh, possible meeting, you know, either against the Jet or, or Ikapak was in second round. Um, Marwan's in that section as well. So I'm seeing sort of Marwan, possibly Gawad, heading towards the 16s. And Gawad did beat Diego uh, in um, at Optasia where he went on to win it. Um, but, yeah, getting back to what I said about, it's like with Asal, the, the uh, looking to get redemption uh, against players that they've just recently lost to, I think that actually helps Diego in this sense, if, in a possible sort of quarterfinal match up there. That uh, Diego will will be stinging from that loss against Goard, and uh, I, if if we did get a quarterfinal sort of matchup between them, I'd be slightly favouring Diego because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Goard's so special, though. I mean, he he he's oh. one of these guys. He moves so quickly, and he's got you know such tremendous ball control, such great uh, shot making ability. 
he's got everything. Uh, and it just seems like he's in the last couple of events, he's back to like his best, almost to what, you know, the best squash that he, he's been playing in a while anyways. Yeah, it's it's right up there with that, you know, winning the World Championship in 2016, parked himself at number one mm. uh, for the next 12 months, more or less. And now that the foot pad problem that he had has been healed, thanks to uh, some doctor in, in Germany where he got injections, uh, that's just, yeah, it's, it's fantastic for the game. He's, yeah. given, given his performances, uh, getting to the quarterfinals, the British winning Optasia, ranking-wise, he's pushing towards the top 10, um, and one would expect that he's going to, He's going to get there relatively soon, but um, yeah, he's. Uh, I think that Diego just will have will you know having had now three sort of three or four weeks to reset for this event. Mm. I think that that will sort of just it just edges the needle towards Diego for me. I think that Diego, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that Kareem is is. Uh, He's going to put his hand up for pushing towards that top six, top five again this year as as the year rolls on, without a doubt. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. I mean, just to to finish off with the men uh, with Gawad and with Ali, the way that they've come back from injury. I mean, with Ali, uh, the the last few events really just proved that he's back. Like, uh, uh, especially winning winning the British, but but uh, he just the first couple of events in his comeback, he did not look. 100% just with his movement, the way he, he was playing. But the last couple of events, I mean, he looked full on, like, like the, especially the bridge, he looked like he was back to the, the old alley. And that, I think that bodes well for him going for, for three as well. Yeah, it's, it does. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I think uh, one of the, yeah, like I, like I said, I think that one of his biggest challenges is, is the, the potential matchup with Paul Cole in the quarters. Yeah. Like, finding the right he needs to tinker his game plan against Cole somehow he needs to change a few things to make sure that those patterns don't evolve because I, I I just don't see him winning if the if the patterns which are more favorable for Cole uh evolve but uh yeah I mean it's it, it, we, we sort of said we talked about the end of last year we thought that Ali Farag might not you know be in that I remember when we spoke in December we sort of said yeah. that he'll need time to come back from the injury and yeah. here we are talking again and he's just got he's got the British Open for the first time so now he's got four majors in his pocket and definitely he's got his hand up to get a fifth. He's cementing himself as, as one of the greatest players of all time. And his ability to tactically figure out what he needs to do against each player is is up there. You know, in terms of a modern-day player, um, tactically, I think that, 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 that Ali is, is is the best in the business. Like he, he, he changes things up. And what I've seen with him, which I feel is incredible, is... As time has worn on over the last few years, he's also awake to the fact that against Paul Cole or, or, or even Diego, he's not allowing Diego to hit lines and draw him into a line sort of hitting longer, longer duration. He's actually pressing up and forcing the game, that mm-hmm. four-game British Open uh, four four final. It went about just over, over one hour. It was 62 minutes. Yeah, so yeah. he's forcing Diego into a type of contest that he perhaps doesn't want. And that's due to the fact that that, as I said, the Farag front court press, the first game with the with the with the new ball, there's Farag's a lot more conservative and a lot more patient, I feel. But as soon as that ball drops off a little bit, he's on the T line, promoting straight attacks, mm. switching it round, and he's just so active all the time and, and asking questions of his opponents that if they're not up to answering, he's he he does have all the answers uh, around the front of the court, the dropping, the volley drop, drop, and then even the the, the counter drop as well like he's 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 just so uh 
good at shutting down the front corners in yeah. many different ways. He's got different ways of doing it as well. And that's that's what makes him such an awkward uh, matchup uh, tactically to, to sort of get past, you know? Yeah, and that's what Cole's going to try to avoid. Uh, as you, Exactly, as you exactly. Now, yeah. Let's get into the women's game. I mean, uh, wow, uh, Norel Sherbini uh, winning the British Open. And, um, you know, she's won, I think, six women uh, women's world opens and she heads into this one uh i mean she never ceases to amaze me i mean in that 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 lat the british open i mean she she had a broken finger she twisted her ankle uh and she had a smile on her face and she went out and uh just dominated uh i think nor noran had a bad day obviously and maybe it was fasting maybe you know energy levels weren't what they uh, could have been, but um, at any rate, uh, Sherbini, uh, do you back her up to uh, to make a charge here at the World Open? I do. The Warrior Princess standing in her chariot, holding a holding a, a, a you know a, a, a flaming torch. She's definitely yeah. going to be uh, like uh, marching forwards once again. And uh, again, looking at the draw, I, I like you, you sort of mentioned it to me when we we sort of pre-spoke about this. She's got a good draw in that in that bottom half. I, I see her. Sort of just marching, marching away through to the to the to the semis. Uh, L. L. Araby Kennedy in the in the last sixteen, and then Kennedy's shown that she has the physicality if she can find ways to get into Norel Shabini physically. And she got she lost in five to her at the British Open in the quarters. So, it, you know, was Norel Shabini at her best though in the early stages? You'd probably say not. She was. Uh, she's one of these players who can. Can play below her best level, yeah. still find a way to win. Rolls that's into the semifinals against that, Sobi. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And just raises the bar. You know, it's just that's incredible. So she run like sometimes like she'll lose. Yeah. She does lose, and she yeah. loses sometimes to players she shouldn't lose to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, but yeah, I can't see it to be honest on the back of that British Open and the quality that she produced in the last uh, two matches. I can't see that anyone stopping her in the uh, in the bottom half. So. I see her getting getting through to the final, yeah. um, and what a you know. The, the, and then if, if if you assume that Jerry that she's into the final, she's won as you said six World Opens out of seven appearances. Yeah. She only lost the final once. Yeah. Four British Opens out of four appearances. So once Norel Shabini gets to the final, I mean, good luck backing against her because she just she's she's won ten of eleven majors having been in the final. Yeah, she, so she that, basically she knows how to win. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and she's so, like you say, she's so relaxed that her ability to dial into getting, getting all, you know, digging into her toolkit and finding she knows what all the best qualities are. That you know, that classic sort of hold on the backhand, no backswing, uh, taking it in, finding the perfect length. That's what I find with those semifinals and finals. When she needs to hit her targets, not so much at the back, at the front of the court, but at the back, she hits the targets at the back of the court with the weighted shot. That's perhaps what might be sort of missing when she's not playing her best in the early rounds. She's not quite hitting her targets at the back of the court. That doesn't happen in the big matches. She just is hitting, you know, where, where you'd sort of require her to hit 90, 95, 97% of where she needs to hit to. She does. She just doesn't miss. Yeah. Maybe maybe having Gregory uh, Galche in there in her ear throughout the early round matches, that's going to help her uh, sort of stay, keep her eyes on the prize, so to speak. So that she Yes, exactly. Her, uh, you know, a few banana skins that might be out there, but uh, yeah. but then uh, Noran, uh, uh, I thought leading into into the final at the British Open, uh, Noran Gohar, um, I really noticed like she changed her game a little bit for the better. Like it just looked like 
you know, she was still hammering the ball like she does, but, you know, she was mm. mixing it up a bit and, you know, playing, you know, uh, softer length sometimes and uh, more, more so than she would normally play. And then in the final kind of, I think just no, uh, Sherbini had an answer for it and she didn't, yeah. uh, she didn't adapt, but I think the change that the changes that she made with Rodney up until the final looked it looked good to me. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, that as you said, Noran is the most consistent player, despite the fact that Shabini keeps racking up those majors. Noran <laughs> is, is still the most consistent player over the last sort of 18 months. And that's why she's parked at number one. Um, and having Rodney in her corner has, has, has been the best thing that's happened to her because those, those sort of variations, which, you know, Rodney Martin technically for me is, is the, is the, the master guru. You know, he's, he's, he's like, in terms of the way I look at squash, he's like a Yoda for me. Um, and uh, his, his, his ability to impart his knowledge on her uh, slowly but surely, um, hopefully, yeah, we, that, that's what she needs. She needs to sort of just find a different way to shot sometimes. She needs to be able to show the threat of the, of the kill shot and the quick boast or those quick kills and then just sort of put that sharp drop in with a little bit less pace. And mm-hmm. especially when she's high up the court, she needs to nail those kind of, uh, especially the straight drop. If, if, if she nails those shots, then I think that she can beat Shabini in a big final. I'm absolutely sure of it. It's just going to come down to that, whether she can get that mix right. Um, and as you said, she's definitely sort of on that path. And, yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe it's just going to take that one performance one day, which will mm-hmm. sort of open up a, a whole new world for her in terms of her realising that she has the potential to do it. There's no two ways about it. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a, it's still a big thing, isn't it? It's a big ask to to produce that kind that's the kind of quality she needs to bring if she's going to beat uh Noriel Shabini in a big final and um not forgetting the the, the host of uh people that'll be trying to stop her in the top half as well yeah she's so used to playing that that you know that's been successful for her throughout her career just playing you know one exactly. almost one way so she'll probably she ends up going back into default mode and and uh that hasn't worked against Shabini it works against everyone else but but uh let's see how it plays out it's interesting but before she gets to a final, obviously she'll have to uh, take down. Uh, you would assume it's Haniel Hamami in another uh, mouthwatering uh, semifinal between the two of them. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Hanya is as fierce a competitor, maybe the the fiercest on, on the women's side uh, of of the draw, and just aesthetically, anyways. Um, how do you see that uh, playing out in terms of Hanya? Did do you, do you feel? Uh, you know she's up to the task uh, after maybe not such a, a successful first half of the year for her. Yeah, she she's definitely a Hania uh, Gohar matchup is is uh, mouthwatering and and Hania's proven that she's got the game to to not only beat Gohar but she's the player that definitely could beat Noel Shabini for me in a final as well. Mm. But Hania's problem, I'm going to contrary a little bit, is she's got South Paul Sobey in the quarters. And yeah. <laughs> Sobey has shown at the British Open once again her her power-packed, punchy game where she's up on that short line, vicious around that, that mid-left area and front left. I think that if Hania doesn't adjust her game and doesn't adjust her game plan against Sobey and does not, she's going to need to swing the play away from that left hand, that left that left hand side. Because if she doesn't, I think Sobi is going to beat her again. To be honest, yeah. And so, if so, you ask so, me, hold back Sobi in the quarters. Control, to be honest, doesn't she? She yeah. can control yeah. the ball. The vo- her volleys are are incredible, and she's moving a little bit better now uh, as well. 
yeah, she's able to sustain a higher pace of game and she's not, you know, perhaps two years ago, she might not have had, you know, let's say if she had the, the physical reserves, maybe she just lacked the belief that, that, that she could go uh, with those girls at that pace. But now she's proven it. Let's not forget Sobe beat Shabini at Blackpool as well. So, um, you know, I think that Sobe... On, on home turf in the United States, uh, I, I'm backing I'm backing her to go to the semis, mate. I think that yeah. she'll beat Hania again. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I'm with you on that one, uh, actually. Um, <laughs> Have I changed your mind already? Just like that? No, 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 no. You, actually, I'm going to stick with Hania, but I think that's going to be a very, very good match. I uh, just think yeah. Hania probably, uh, I mean, knowing how hungry and how fierce a competitor she is and amanda too like she is she's too she can get quite feisty out there as well in her own way yeah. uh what i love about amanda and it just seems like uh like she she looks like one of these players that you'd always just awkward awkward to go in there and, and play against and and difficult to figure one of these players who's difficult to figure out yeah she's pressing yeah, like farad but it's much more a power base sort of game than Farag because Farag's that, you know, he's got that wiry sort of rangy, very unique body type uh, where his strength is is is, is not as, as obvious. But Sobe's, when she's uh, pressing up on the on the short line, her, you know, her ability on the left-hand side, mid to front court, to literally have her, uh, her, her wrist just parked out in that space behind the ball, she doesn't need any backswing. And her, her movement quality is so good that she just generates so much power through the shot, and then to back, you know, on the other side of it, she's got all the touch in the world just to feather the ball in uh, at the front of the court as well with a drop or a flick and and stuff like this. So um, that's what makes her so awkward for me. It kind of, she's like a modern, you know, I, I kind of liken her to a modern day version of a Chris Dittmar. Dittmar had that sort of quality as well. He was so powerful, yeah. uh, such a powerful frame. When he, when he was on the left-hand side of the court, he just didn't need any backswing to generate a long, you know, a really nice long shot to the to, to the back of the court with the drive of the cross. But then he just sort of softened it and played drops and and soft flicks at the same time. So Sobi, uh, yeah, she's she's that modern version in the women's game of, of that type of player, and that's what makes her so difficult to deal with because the the other girls as as quick as a Hania is and as fit as she is, she doesn't have that explosive power that that Sobi has. So if she gives her too many looks. She's just found wanting, you know, standing behind her, just having to cover too much ground. It's just, it's just not possible to cover all those options. Indeed, indeed. Now, uh, you know, I before uh, I let you go, a couple of things. First, I want some predictions. Now, uh, before, <laughs> uh, it, it'd be unfair for me not to give mine first, so I think I will. Uh, go on. On the women's side, I'm going to go with uh, Noran. I think she's uh, she's probably quietly preparing for this, and. Um, I think she'll come through uh, on the top half of that draw and then uh, come up with something special. I, I could see it didn't quite go her way at the British, and, and uh, but I could see the method in the madness there. I think she's going to pull it off uh, at the Worlds. And on the men's side, uh, I'm going to go with Ali. Uh, he's <laughs> really, really good. Um, you know, I, I'm a big, big Assault fan. I like Assault, but he's just been away too long, I think. Uh, you know, he hasn't been in these big matches and, and there are going to be some some big points to be played in the, in the World Open. He's got a, got a, you know, on his side of the draw, a lot of matches to get through to get to the finals, some big ones. And uh, I just see Ali, uh, he played really well at the British, play, played well leading up to that. Uh, so those are my predictions. Farag, Gohar. Farag and Gohar. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to, uh, purely as, as, as what I alluded to when we talked about Chabini, uh, it, that I just see the, the fast route to the final, unless there's a, a slip up, um, like you said, she's, I almost feel like there's more chance of her losing early, perhaps uh, through not being at her best. Once she gets to like a set, like a quarter semi-final stage, I don't see her slipping up, and then put her in the final. Um, uh, I just, yeah, I can't see her not taking her seventh title, to be honest. Um, but on the other side of it, uh, I, yeah, I do have obviously a, a pretty close affiliation with Rodney Martin. Uh, he's uh, he's he's a good a good mate of mine as well. Mm. So I would love to see, without sort of uh, saying that I'm against Shabini, I would just I would love to see Goha win it. Um, purely for, for because of that working relationship as well, um, but I just yeah I have a feeling, like I said, Sobi is going to be hard to get past in in that semi final. I think, and oh, I, I think it might yeah. take a little bit out of her, and 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 that's why I'm leaning Shabini. Um, men's I mentioned, and I'll stay with it. I think that I think that Cole is a bit of a, a uh, he's a barricade on the road for Ali Farag. I think that Cole uh, is going to go to the semis. Um, probably Joel, you know, Joel, I've got to be careful what I say with Joel Macon as well, but I, <laughs> I think that, yeah, <laughs> I think you just have to deal with it. I, I find it hard to see uh, a Sal not, not going deep into this tournament um, and as potential a Sal Cole semi final. If, if, you, if you say that to me, that's what's going to happen, I'll, I'll tip a Sal. But I'm leaning towards Diego Elias beating Asal in the final. I think that uh, the fact that Asal's been out for this time, I think that that is going to be the slight difference come the final. And I think that Diego is going to manage his way through there. I think that he will learn from the British Open final. Um, he doesn't have that tag of having gotten to number one, sort of sitting on his shoulders. He's going to be free of that. Uh, the shackles will be released, and I think we're going to see – uh, the best of Diego Elias, and I think he's going to become world champion. Well, uh, you've forgotten more than I'll know about the about this game, uh, Johnny. So I, I, you know, appreciate your your insight there. And uh, yeah, it looks uh, it could go uh, that way, definitely. Diego. Oh, mate, armchair pundits could we we could be both wrong, and armchair pundits are, like, they, they might be listening to this saying we have got no idea, and they'll be right. So it's uh, yeah. but the great thing is uh, this, like you said, there's just so many guys with their hand up. Um, perhaps not so much with the, with the ladies. You feel like it really comes down to those top four. Um, yeah. that, that really only one of those can win it. But um, I mean, I was uh, talking yeah. to uh, someone. That, I mean, F- Ferris. I don't, I don't think he's at his best physically. But I mean, he's a guy who he's going to when he's playing well. I mean, he can beat any any of those guys, any one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, Ferris is in. Uh, in he's potentially going to meet Moment perhaps in a sixteenth to, to then meet Muhammad. And I talked. I said Muhammad. Has, uh, has has had a really tough week. So, Suzuki um, has got an opportunity to get to the semi-finals here to possibly yeah. meet Elias. I feel it's a really great opportunity for him if his he, body's good. His head on his shoulders and his body, and that too. Yeah, yeah. The head, the head yeah. part for me is the big one. Uh, uh, <laughs> Very much. Yeah, because he's got so much talent. I mean, he he he's super talented. I mean, he can put the ball away. He he's super, He seems to be physically when he's healthy. He's very. He's quite strong. Moves well, uh, yeah. Just the head, and, and uh, you know, is he physically? Is he injured? I, I, you know, seems to be injured a lot. So, yeah, exactly. That's why you. That's why you would. You wouldn't be putting your money on him, would you? Because he's just. Uh, he's, he's just the, the the inconsistencies of of the head, and then you know that if things get a bit tight, and there's a couple of decisions that that 
it, it literally just falls off. And then the, the worst part with him, what we've seen too often, is that when it's getting tight like that as well, he's he, he has this sort of affliction where he starts asking for lets that just aren't there as well. He's yeah. getting a lot of no lets in critical situations. so situation. frustrating. Frustrating yeah, to yeah, watch. Because, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, Johnny, you've been tremendous with your time. And, uh, you know, before you go, I want you to lay out the new podcast because as uh, we talked about earlier, it looks fantastic i like really like what you're doing uh with it and i could probably learn uh, learn a bit <laughs> oh, it's not you. a podcast to be fair like it's just you're big upping it. you're big upping it way too much but just quickly <laughs> um no it'd be just i just thought it'd be nice to try to do a little bit of content because you know you have that access to to the best players in the world and they're and they're very generous in, in giving up their time and then of course i had the great opportunity to do the one with rodney um and uh, the great thing about rod was sort of Digging deep into his past and then and then talking with him about this this mentoring figure or Amos uh, was you know that was really fascinating because I knew I knew a little bit about it but it's also it was I'm learning a lot just talking to him about it because I was finding out stuff that I that I didn't really know you know so yeah. um, it's just yeah no it's just uh, trying to do a bit of content and uh, I I have to give a big shout out to a guy called Niall Enger in Malta because he's the one who's doing all of that creative editing that you saw with all the little captions and, I and, and the way it's been. <laughs> yeah. That's not me, mate. Like it's, I just, uh, I, I sort of sat really down good. and thought about really yeah, what I wanted, what yeah. I wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, so I prepared sort of the, the content side of things, shot it and then sent it to him. And then, and he and I then sort of, um, we, we sort of bashed our heads together and tried to come up with some funny captions. And that's the idea is just to make, to have some fun with it as well. Like obviously we see a lot of, content out there in various sports where it's just straight filming and stuff like that but we want to we want to bring a different vibe a little yeah. bit of, a little bit of a different spice to it and uh, hopefully i'll be able to do a bit more of that in elguna where, which is my next comsky so i'll be looking okay. to do it there nice yeah, backdrops there too with the red sea yeah it looks really good mate so uh, all the best with that and uh, yeah thanks yeah is that so that'll be the the next uh, content uh yeah coming out then yeah right? yeah i'd say so yeah definitely yeah yeah all right all right, Johnny. Well, uh, congrats with the with the Swiss team, third place finish. Fantastic result. All the best to you and Joel. Joel's one of my favorite uh, guys out there. So, uh, all the best for you guys, and uh, we'll be uh, talking to you soon, mate. Yeah, thanks very much, Jerry. It's been a pleasure, and uh, uh, looking forward to a big Worlds next week. Well, thanks, Johnny, for a really, really good chat there. So much to look forward to with the World Open uh, kicking off in a few days' time. And uh, I think I'll just drop the mic on this one and leave it uh, with uh, letting you know that we have David Campion coming on in a few days to talk about uh, the big win for England's men and women at the European teams in Helsinki. Sinki, and um, with any luck, a huge episode tomorrow. I don't want to jinx it uh, here on the pod, but it's sort of out there already. Um, uh, but yeah, stay tuned for that one. Hopefully it comes off. And then uh, before I uh, leave, just uh, everybody take care. Please share uh, these episodes with your squash community, uh, with your squash friends. Uh, give us a like, give us a tweet. Drop a few pennies in the hat there on the SoundCloud PayPal page for the for the podcast, the In Squash podcast on SoundCloud. You can also listen to it on any uh, podcast uh, platform that's out there. So uh, many thanks for listening. Take care. And uh, everyone, let's buckle up for the World Open. It's coming up. It's just around the corner. So much to look forward to. Goodbye now.